Growing Up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. You're joining me for episode 306, coming out on November the 17th. We're going to talk about the dichotomy of theology, or theocracy if you prefer, and psychology. So the first thing we have to establish is, why are you listening and how can you help? There we go. Look, I do my best to bring something positive, to try and aggressively push back against the darkness that surrounds us. I try and encourage those around us to get involved, to be excited, and to know that we can win and we are holding the line. The way you can help me is like, share, subscribe, and comment on this show. The Facebook page, liking and following that is great. The podcast, like, share, follow that. Please get it out there. Let your friends know. I am planning on ramping up. I'm planning on doing a little bit more with this, but I got to tell you, I'm averaging about 500 listeners a day and I'm racking up those downloads. I just missed my uh, stretch goal, if you will, by the election. Um, It didn't help that they basically throttled everything down the week leading up to the um, election. I guess they were worried about another nonviolent insurrection. (laughs) Well, none of that came to pass. And of course, the red trickle is not impressive. And I will probably spend some more time talking about that in the future. But for right now, we're going to talk about some of the things going on right here locally out our back door and what can you do about it. And here we go. So you have to determine what is your God? Now, for a Christian, that's a simple question. I mean, even the Muslims get it, the, the Latter-day Saints, all, all those other different factions, they get it. But there are a whole lot of people that I would call cultural Christians, cultural believers, deists, whatever, uh, or, or just agnostic. But here's the problem. If you don't acknowledge a higher power, if you don't acknowledge something beyond yourself, you become your own God, in which case you think you can do anything you want to to yourself or to others around you, or worse yet, you take government to be God and you see government as a tool to be wheeled as if it was God and anything and everything that government dictates or lays forth must be as if it came from on high and must be followed as if it was God. Strangely, a lot of the people that believe that tend to exempt themselves from the very proclamations of uh, government God and just want it for the rest of us. We see this in the rules for thee, rules for we. Hmm? We see this in the, well, that doesn't really uh, account or that doesn't apply to me. We have immunity, whether it's the police that have limited or qualified immunity or prosecutors or judges that have full immunity or really most elected officials don't have any consequences for anything they do ever, unless they lose their election. And I'm not suggesting that there shouldn't be some protections for people doing that kind of thing. But let me just reframe this. We, the people, are the supreme authority through the Constitution. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Nowhere in the Constitution does it grant government power to 
ignore its own rules, ignore the laws that are set forth under the jurisdiction of the Constitution, yet they routinely do that. We watched it play out during the election cycle yet again. Like my friend Jeremy says, if you don't fix 2020, you're never going to have a good election again. Now, we're, we're real blessed in Collin County that we have a solid Republican majority and we have people that are interested in running a clean election. And that being said, it's still not perfect. It's still not without fault, but it is oh so much better than what goes on just 25 miles to the south of me in Dallas County. Don't even talk about Bear, Travis, and Harris County. Now, when we look at the same old, same old, and these other elections around the country, there should be zero surprise at the abuse that goes on. Yet, we can't fix that. But what we can deal with is right here, out our back door in Collin County. Now, last night, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night, we had Jeff Younger come in to talk. And Jeff Younger spoke about what his wife, or I'm sorry, rather his ex, the ex-wife has decided unilaterally to destroy her son under the auspices that she knows what's best. And she wants her son to have the best life as a girl. Now you can mutilate your body all that you want, but you can't change a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. It just doesn't happen. You, you can You can put additional plaster on a statue, but more often than not, you don't make it any better. You can't change what the stone is underneath. So I would look at this as really, this is a mother who hates her child. Either that or she's so in love with herself that she's seeking to put herself on her child at the expense of that child's life. And you need to look no further for an example of a man that hates his child. And he hates his child so much that he's going to project that hate on the rest of us who dare question the concern that we may have for his child. (sighs) I'm not even going to read this guy's name. He's not that hard to find. I'm sure we'll see a whole lot of them. But Uh, I'm just going to take an excerpt here. My son is transgender. There are plenty of other kiddos in North Texas and the rest of this country who are transgender too. The only problem is that the bigoted community in this country that thinks that anything other than penis and vagina in intercourse is icky because of their goat herders guide to the galaxy, AKA the Holy Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but that, just sounds a whole lot like hate. In the previous sentence, he calls out two people by name and basically implies that they hate because they disagree. And so he says he's not here to (laughs) transgender other kids, yet he has been in other parts of the state um, unbaptizing people. So let me tell you, I'm a little concerned about this guy. He is in the process of destroying his son and is looking to destroy other children and calls a bunch of other people names and berates them and uh, basically makes stuff up about to them and implies that people aren't safe around them because they disagree with him. 
Now, in my world, I understand that it's projection. This would be another example of that. The previous example was courtesy of my mayor. He came into a school board meeting and called people a bunch of names and talked about how they're all a bunch of haters. All the while, it came across as, how dare you disagree with me? And because you do, and I have no substantive argument, I'm going to just call you a bunch of names, which is essentially what this guy has done. And he revels. He revels in the fact that he thinks he's a big joke and that, you know, he's in league with the devil or whatever. Well, I got news for this guy. There's nothing new under the sun. We've seen this play out. And I imagine at some point in the future when I die, I'm going to get to see some of the pain and sorrow that these people have put upon themselves because they've rejected salvation. And the really sad part about this is they're dragging people along with them. Now, if you hate people, you don't tell them about the way to salvation. If you love people, even when it's challenging, even when it's tough, even when they don't like it, you have to be honest with them. Now, granted, you can't go shoving that in people's face. And, you know, I see the limited advantage, if you will, to the whole street pre- preaching and standing in front of clinics thing. I, I, I acknowledge there's something, but it rubs a lot of people wrong. They're not going to open to it. But if the opportunity presents itself and you're not willing to say, hey, you know what? I care about you. You're, you know, you're another person. You're a human that has value. I'm going to tell you the truth as I understand it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the truth as I've come to believe it to be. Now, you can disagree with me. That's okay. But because I like you, because I love you as another person, I have to tell you about this. And you can say no, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and we can agree to disagree. But the only reason I wouldn't tell you about this is if I didn't think you were worth it. If I really did truly hate you. And I realize that this guy likes his fetishes. He he likes to... mm, explore his sexuality or whatever. I get it. And for many, many years, I said, hey, if a couple of adults want to do things that I don't think are all that great, fine. But when you start throwing minors into the mix, that's a really big problem. So you've you've not only said there is no God, but you've made yourself God. You've made yourself God in the fact that you're willing to go and mutilate a child so that you can be happy. Very few children want to go alter themselves permanently. Or even if they do, they're trusting and counting on a parent or an adult that loves them enough to tell them, hey, little Johnny or hey, little Mary, let's hold down this right a little bit here. Let's wait and see. You may not feel like this when you're 12 or 16. I I know there's some things that aren't, you know, maybe you're a little unsure of me. Let's just wait and see. There's no rush. Let's not let eight-year-olds decide their entire future. We don't let eight-year-olds drink. We don't let eight-year-olds drive. We don't let them vote. And we don't let them own firearms. But yes, apparently in some warped sense of the world, they should be able to disfigure their body for the rest of their lives. Now, some would say the, the more coarse people, the more 
people that are just tired of putting up with all this nonsense. Hey, if there's a bunch of these crazy leftists that they want to neuter themselves so that they can't have children and mess up other kids, why should we bother to stop them? Well, one, we don't want people to ruin their lives. Two, these people that alter their lives permanently, a lot of them end up killing themselves. And that's just not a good outcome. Yeah, you can make yourself God for a bit, but then when the reality creeps in that you're not God and maybe this wasn't a wise choice and maybe your best life now wasn't a best life, they become filled with despair. Now, rather than ostracize people that have these challenges, rather than uh, treat them as if they're not valuable or worthy of your time, maybe that's that's on us. Maybe the church could have and should have done a better job. And I would suggest that perhaps the gentleman that wrote some of those words actually had a very bad experience, either growing up or as a young adult in a church somewhere. And he's just very bitter and hated, or has a lot of hate in himself, that he wants to take it out on everybody else, including his own child. Man, that's a whole lot of hate bottled up in you if you want to ruin your child, if you want to destroy your child's life. My question is, what's wrong with you? Now, you say it's us. You say it's everyone that disagrees with you, but you're the one that's destroying your child. If you really loved your child, you wouldn't let your child do that to himself. You wouldn't encourage it. You wouldn't go along and play along with this. We wouldn't encourage this mental illness to spread. Yet, we've allowed this and we've fostered this and we've pushed this through the use of psychology and psychological babble to encourage people to, quote, explore themselves and all they end up doing is destroying themselves. How do we really love people? How do we other care for them? If we're teaching them it's okay to permanently disfigure your body, to ruin the created creature that you are because, you know, when you were 10 years old, you thought you knew better than the whole rest of the world. You thought you knew better than the creator God because your parent or your guardian thought themselves to be God as well. You're a God too. You can do what you want. That's just not a good idea. That's not love. That's a per perverse way of defining love. Now, I've talked about this before. You know, I've really, really tried to be agreeable. I've, I've tried, you know, to embrace my, my inner libertarian self and, you know, just say, hey, look, you know, you're an adult. You're going to do your thing. As long as you're not hurting somebody else, it's really not my business. But the reality is I'm not doing you any favors. Now, if I mistreat you and I'm rude and I'm a jerk, well, I'm not doing you any favors then either. But if we're going to have an adult conversation, I've got to be honest. That's sinful behavior. That's a bad idea. There's consequences involved with that. Now, you can choose to reject that and that's your choice. But if you ask me, I have to be honest enough to give you that answer because otherwise I'm not showing you love. I'm showing you hate. I, I'm basically telling you I don't feel your worth the truth. So when, when you people that agree with this guy here get so upset and so angry at people that care enough to tell you the truth, perhaps you ought to just take a pause and reconsider that maybe, just maybe, some of us at times don't communicate it very well, but the reason why we're communicating is we honestly believe 
were looking out for you and your eternal soul. You could have just a little bit of grace. You preach and project the demand for that, but you're not willing to return it at all one bit. That doesn't excuse bad behavior. That doesn't excuse some of the really rotten stuff that's happened in any individual's life or any personal experience. I mean, I didn't have a cakewalk childhood or young adult life either, but to hate everybody else and to project those bad occurrences that I may have experienced on something, somebody else or everybody else, that's not doing anybody any good. And I don't care if you're an elected official that just can't let it go because you're your own God and you know better than everybody else, or you're just some other guy out there that moved to the area because, well, you wanted to make a name for yourself. That's okay. I'm not going to hate you. You can call me names. You can be rude. And it doesn't bother me. I'm a big boy too. But what I'm going to ask you is, if you're going to resort to name calling and just inane insults for the whole crux of your argument, perhaps you maybe ought to reconsider what your argument is. Do you have anything to add? Do you have anything to say beyond just name-calling? And again, that doesn't matter if you're an elected official who happens to play guitar or in <laughs> a little Satan preacher. I, I don't care. I don't know. I'm just telling you. If you really want answers, if you really want to know the truth, you got to be open to hearing something other than what you want to hear. You project on everybody else the very attitude and actions that you are doing. And how is that doing anybody any good? How are you possibly going to expand your horizons if you ignore anybody that you don't agree with? Now, you make the very same accusation that we are the ones that do that. But listen, I talk to people all the time that I disagree with, and I'm almost always completely polite, helpful, friendly, you can ask any of the people that I've poll greeted with. You can ask any of the people that I meet in public. I'm never the person that some people think I am because these are people I'm meeting. There's no reason to be like that. There's no reason to be rude. I mean, I wasn't born and raised in the South, but even in the Midwest, you're not rude to people. That's just not, that's not the way you behave. You might be short, you might be all business, but you're not rude. You're not a jerk. You don't get anything done. The whole idea of getting more flies with honey than sugar is very, very, um, than vinegar is very, very true. It doesn't hurt anybody to be nice and polite. It doesn't hurt anybody to be generally friendly and gregarious. But I'll tell you. When the circumstances change, when you come after somebody's family, when you come after defenseless children, when you go after people that have done no wrong, well, now we're talking about a different story. Now you're going to get up my dander. Now you're going to cause some of my friends and I to take, take a stand, to push back, to get in your face. The idea is, you don't go looking for a fight, but if you bring it to me, if you bring it to some of us, we're not going to stand. We're going to hold our ground. We're not going to be pushed around and manipulated, and we're going to hold. We're going to push back, and we're going to tell you, no, that's not right. 
no, you're wrong. And, oh, the reason why we know you're wrong is, oh, I don't know, because we've had some different experiences and we've seen this before. I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to even be that much smarter than everybody else. (laughs) I know how that sounded. Uh, Look, I'll say I believe myself to be smarter than the average bear, to quote Yogi Bear. That means there's a whole lot of people that are smarter than me and there's a whole lot more that are not as smart as me. But that doesn't mean that somebody that's not as smart as me doesn't have life experience that well beyond is informs them, you know, above and beyond where I'm informed. And I'd be a fool not to sit back and listen. I'd be a fool not to acknowledge that maybe they know something that I don't. If you're going to treat people with disdain that you don't know well enough to understand where they're coming from, again, perhaps the problem's with you. Perhaps the problem is, is you're too busy considering yourself to be God, considering yourself to be the ultimate authority, when in reality, you're none of the above. You project that on us that are right of center. You project that on us that show up and speak against different things that are happening. You project that on us because we actually don't think that abusing and mutilating young children, even if they think they want it, is a good idea. And yes, there are some of us that still believe that sex is between a man and a woman after they're married. We fully acknowledge we live in a fallen world and things other than that happen. We believe that to be sinful behavior. We believe you need to settle that up with God. Myself, personally, I don't think anybody should go to jail for any of that bad behavior. You're going to have to settle that up with God. And if you're married or you have a family, you're going to have to settle it up with them. But that's not the realm of civil government. That's the best you're going to get out of me. But you keep pushing. You keep making an issue out of it. I might be open to listening to some people that want to go a little step further. I might be willing to understand why we had laws against prostitution, why we had laws against adultery, why we had laws against polygamy. All of which have good rationale reasons and a strong history for existing. But I, for one, have just been, you know, it's not really my thing. I understand it. They're already there. But you know what? We've let a couple of courts make some decisions and we just bowed over and said, well, the court knows better than the rest of us. The The court knows better than all of uh, human history. I don't agree with it, but that's the way it is. I'm not going to fight that battle. Somebody else will. I'm not your enemy. You want to be a pervert? As long as you're not doing it to minor kids, I don't care. But here's the thing. You're still going to have to settle up with God. You're still going to have to face your maker someday and explain to him why you thought that you knew better and why you thought that what you wanted to do and when you were busy acting like God, I don't think he's going to be too impressed with your answers. I don't think you're going to be real happy with your decision at that point in time. But I'm not doing you any favors by telling you, oh, it's okay, go ahead and do that because, you know, you'll never have to face the consequences of your action. The idea that we as individuals can claim to be our own gods is just as dangerous as government claiming to be God. It's just as dangerous as government deciding who has the right to talk, who has the right to vote, who has the right to 
participate in society, and quite frankly, who has the right to exist. And right now, our government has determined that a number of people just don't have a right to exist. And I know there's some of you out there worried about, oh, where's he going to go with this? Consider the fact that in the state of Virginia right now, you can execute an unborn baby up into the day of delivery. I think in the state of New York, even after the baby is delivered, well, you know, you can just go ahead and let it die. And that's all perfectly fine. We don't count for that in the state of Texas. And there's a half a dozen or maybe two dozen states at this point that are somewhere closer where Texas is at than where Virginia, California, and New York are at. And I got to ask myself, at what point did our Christian society decide that it was okay to sacrifice our children to Moloch? That we decided to sacrifice our children to convenience? Oh, we might have won that cultural battle temporarily at the state level. But now, well, we just, under the guise of psychology and what's best for the child and gender-affirming, we now permanently mutilate and castrate, or if you prefer, spay and neuter our children so that they can never, ever experience what it means to be a man or a woman as God created them. All because somebody decided that they know better than God. Somebody, whether it's at the state, the federal level, or quite frankly, a rogue parent decided they know what's best. That they decided that they could ruin that child for the rest of their life. I guess maybe that's marginally better than being killed before you're born. But I would wonder, is a life being tormented by the decision you made as an eight-year-old because your parent didn't have enough sense to say, hold up there, little Johnny or little Mary. Maybe you just don't want to do this to yourself because there are long-term consequences you can't consider as an eight-year-old. I'm just curious. But we, that are right of center, we continue to accept this. This is our slavery, ladies and gentlemen. This is our big issue. The defining issue of our generation. Do we let parents and guardians go and castrate and mutilate their children and do it with impunity or do we do something about it? You know, for whatever failures were going on in the federal government when they brought about the war between the states, the people that were doing the right thing, the moral thing, were the people that were running the Underground Railroad. They knew that slavery was wrong. They knew they couldn't change the law. So they simply removed those people that wanted to get away to a jurisdiction that did not recognize that status. What I'm suggesting to you, ladies and gentlemen, perhaps we ought to consider something similar. An underground railroad of children that are soon to be mutilated, soon to be castrated, soon to be ruined for life by a rogue parent, a rogue judge, or a rogue guardian. Perhaps we need to find a way to scoot them off to a sanctuary state. 
a sanctuary county, somewhere they'll be safe to where they can develop and go through puberty and understand that they are the man or woman that God designed them to be and that they can have a rich and fulfilling life. Yes, every life has its challenges and has its ups and downs, but if you chemically and physically maim your body to the point that you can no longer function as the person you were created to be, you can never, ever fix that. And we're allowing that in our backyard. Some of the biggest donors to the current governor, lieutenant governor, and the speaker of the house are people that do that to our children right now. And we tolerate. I always wondered where that line would be when conservatives would care enough to get off their butt. They'd care enough to get out of their couch. They'd care enough to leave the golf course. Could it perhaps maybe be this is the breaking point? Could it perhaps be, well, you know, we were okay with uh, Johnny and Phil running off to go play house. We were even okay with the fact that they would hire a surrogate so that they could create a child that wouldn't otherwise exist because, you know, two dudes can't reproduce. But when they're going to take said child and chemically castrate him and then have irreversible surgery done to him in the name of they're a god, perhaps maybe we'll do something about that. We talk about children being trafficked I think this is a step worse. I think this is the other side of the same coin. The question is, are what are we going to do about it? When are we going to get off our butts and do something? And I don't know what the answer is for you. I don't even know what the answer is for me because this is getting under my skin for some time now and I just don't know. But to not even acknowledge it's a problem, that it's a catastrophe in the making, you have to have your heads in the sand. We are not God. We have cast aside good theology to listen to a few philosophers and psychologists tell us that we can do whatever we want without consequence because there is no God and you'll never have to face a consequence for your really, really bad choices. And I would suggest to you that that is a mistake. I would suggest to you that we ought to rethink that. And just as a special aside... None of this, none of this requires that you be a Protestant, Christian, Orthodox guy like me. None of it. It just requires a little bit of rational thought in understanding the consequences of behavior and actions that can never, ever be corrected. It's one thing to do sinful behavior by my definition, by the Bible's definition, and be able to repent and repair that. These things go way beyond that point. And I realize this is a little bit of a downer. This is a little bit of a, just a negative thing. But that is just the result of a couple of weeks of things that have been weighing on me and then hearing what Jeff Younger has been having to go through because... His ex-wife thinks she knows better than everybody else. And that she found enough people to go along with the charade to destroy a young boy to justify her behaviors. And it's not just one. 
I'll be back for Friday, and I will have a much, much happier and more positive episode. But sometimes you just got to embrace the reality that we're in. Acknowledge the suck, if you will. All is not lost. Christ is still on the throne, and every knee is going to bow, whether they want to believe it or not. And with that, I hope you uh, got just a little something out of this episode. I really, truly hope I didn't scare you off. I'll see you again on Friday. Until then, I'll see you on the other side. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to my show. If you thought it was worth your time, worth your efforts, if you thought it was the least bit educational, exciting, informational, whatever, I would ask that you subscribe to the show, that you like the show, that you share the show, that you follow the show, that you comment, let your friends know, help me out. There are lots of uh, algorithms working against me. I watched my numbers drop precipitously in the week before the election. I was on track to meet my goals. And what do you know? The week before the election, everything went to nil across the board. And I can't be the only one that that experienced that. So I would ask you, if you found this to be worth your time, if you think I could do better, hey, go ahead, put that in the comments. Subscribe. Let people know we are doing our part to make a difference right here in McKinney, Cowan County, Texas. And I would really, really appreciate your help with this as we get back on track to growing the show. Thanks a lot, and you have a great night.